Chapter 11, Future Shock. The conditions at the Salem jail were downright disgusting. They didn't even bother to waste any time with another sham preliminary hearing. The magistrate set my case for trial and slapped me in leg irons in about 10 seconds. The Salem jail could have easily doubled as a torture chamber in a horror movie. It was cold and dark and they kept us chained to the walls so our specters would be less inclined to visit the afflicted. The really exciting news was that we had lots and lots of rats for company. After I sat in that horrible place for a couple of days, one of the lady jailers searched me up and down looking for witch marks. How she could tell the the witch marks from the numerous rat bites was a complete mystery to me. We were given almost no food and water, so we would be more likely to confess. confess. Here's the best part. They billed me for the little food I ate and for salaries of the magistrate's jailer and the hangman. I guess someone had to pay for these luxurious accommodations. If I really was a witch, I would have flown out and brought back pizza for everyone. On August 19th, five more people were hanged as witches on Gallows Hill. Sadly, one of them was John Proctor. I spent most of the day crying and trying to figure out how everything had gone so badly. The most impressive thing was that almost none of the accused confessed to being a witch. These Puritans of Salem were obviously a tough bunch. If they had only confessed, like Mary Warren, they could have been home sleeping in their own beds and enjoying their lives. Evidently, they were willing to die rather than to confess to something they didn't do. The only good news on the depressing day was that Elizabeth Proctor was pregnant and would not be hanged until she had her baby. I guess the Puritans figured that the baby couldn't be a witch. Yet. There was little or no opportunity for escape, so my only chance was to prove that I wasn't a witch at my trial and survive long enough to try and get home. All in all, it looked pretty bleak. The date of my trial was rapidly approaching, and the jail was filling up with more and more of the accused. Eleven people had been hanged so far, and there was no end in sight. I spent a lot of time chewing my fingernails and worrying. Even though I didn't want to be hanged, I would never confess to being a witch, even though that was probably the easiest thing to do. When the date of my trial finally arrived, I hadn't really come up with any earth-shattering ideas on how to defend myself. It had been so long since I had seen sunlight. I just stood there blinking when they brought me into the room. As usual, the courtroom was packed with the curious and the bloodthirsty. I guess the news of my attempted escape had spread and I was a celebrity witch by now. I couldn't think of one single person in Salem who would testify on my behalf. All of my friends were either dead or in prisons. The usual gaggle of the afflicted girls and women stood to the side pretending to be afraid of me. I stamped at them and rattled my leg irons just to scare them a little. They acted like I stabbed them with a butcher knife. The magistrate magistrate pounded his gavel and brought the hearing to order. Maddie Tucker, 
You are accused of practicing witchcraft and further stand accused of being in a league with the devil, having signed his book, having urged and threatened others to sign his book, and of torturing and afflicting others by various and various methods of wicked activity. What say you? I'm not exactly certain what he just accused me of, and I was about to open my mouth to defend myself when the door blew open and I saw the single most amazing thing I had ever seen in my entire short life. There, standing in the doorway, in a powdered wig and a light blue crushed velvet pilgrim outfit, complete with the black buckled boots like one of the three musketeers and a black cape, was... You're not going to believe this. Someone who looked suspiciously like my dad. My jaw dropped open, along with everyone else's as he slammed the door and strode across the room to the table behind me. With a dramatic flare, he whirled off his cape and flung it to the table and came and stood beside me. Holy time travel, Batman. Dad, is that you? Oh my gosh, what, when, how... Where in all of creation did you get that outfit? He whispered out of the side of his mouth. It was the only one I could find at the costume store. Now just keep your mouth shut and follow my lead, and maybe we can both get out of here in one piece. He gave me a big pop-eyed wink. Nice wig, Dad. May it please the court, good sirs. Sir, this is highly irregular. This is a proceeding of the court, an oyer and termer, and will not be interrupted by any foolishness of any sort. Now stand down and find a seat, or you will be removed. But, sirs, I am a lawyer, and I wish to be recognized and heard by this court. State your name and your business, then. I am er, Hamilton Berger, a barster from Boston, and I am here to defend my er, niece. Yes, that's it. My niece, uh, Maggie Tucker, I mean Maddie Tucker, on the charges of, what exactly have they charged you with, babe? You name it, they charged me with it, sir. Yes, against whatever it is this court have has charged her with, to wit, the charges levied against her today, this very hour, right here and uh, right now, this very second. Uh, um... I have both practiced law and I sat on the judicial bench for many years in the Boston local and have never heard of you, Mr. Hamilton. What was that again? Burger. Burger? That's right. Perhaps you have heard of him, of my firm. Hamburger and cheese. <laughs> when I saw the slight smile creep across his face, I knew I was in a lot of trouble. Here was my dad trying to be funny while my life was hanging in the balance. The last thing I needed was him for to be smack-talking a bunch of humorless Puritan judges who were itching to string me up. Fortunately, they didn't catch the humor. Regardless, you may proceed. They read the charges against me. I tried to catch my dad's eye, but he was in full lawyer mode. I knew my dad was a lawyer, but I haven't actually seen him practice law before. He mostly sits at his computer typing emails and scratching himself. I didn't know he was any good at it. To begin, sirs, we would request a continuance so I can further consult with my client. Mr. Berger, there will be no continuances. We have five more cases to try today, so let's get on with it. I wish to have my objection noted for the record. The judge sighed. 
so noted. The the magistrates trotted out each of the girls who had been at the Paris's house that fateful night, one by one. Of course, they were accusing me of practicing voodoo, predicting the future, and practicing witchcraft, trying to get them to sign the book, afflicting them with my specter, blah, blah, blah. Each testimony was strikingly similar. I have to admit it, Dad did a really great job of cross-examining them, pointing out their inconsistencies in their story. None of them recanted their lies, but he poked a lot of holes in their testimony. Without fail, whenever he would back them into a corner, they would go into their crazy victim routine, pretending like I was attacking them. I hope the jury was noticing how foolish they looked. Morons. Dad even caught one of the girls hiding a needle in her clothing. He demonstrated to the jury how easy it was to stab himself with it and make it look like someone had attacked him. The tide was starting to turn. By the time he questioned Mary Warren, she must have gotten the message. She was pretending like she couldn't see or hear anything just to get out of testifying. This was actually going a lot better than I expected. She obviously wasn't testifying, so that pretty much wrapped it up for the prosecution. I guess Pops didn't want to call me because he just launched into his closing argument. He probably figured he couldn't risk me getting fired up and saying something stupid. He stared down at the all-male jury. Gentlemen, good sirs, honorable members of the jury, I ask you to consider today not just the case of this poor unfortunate child, but also all of those who have come before you and who will come before you. Most of those charged are defenseless women, the poor, the mentally ill, the elderly, and the dispossessed. Many have been held without even being charged, and none of them before today have had the benefit of counsel. The testimony you have used to convict those now hanged includes hearsay, contradictory statements, and blatant lies. Worst of all, most of you has accepted as truth the most questionable of all evidence, spectoral evidence. You have taken the word of mere girls who claim to see things that no one else sees to convict them, to convict some of the finest folks that have ever walked the streets of Salem. Anyone who is an outsider or disliked can be charged, convicted, and hanged for witchcraft in a mere matter of weeks. Dad took a dramatic pause and slowly walked the length of the courtroom. The jurors watched every step of the way. He had them. Perhaps someday Salem will become part of a great nation. Imagine, if you will, a nation where it will be unlawful to hold people without charging them, where everyone charged will have the benefit of legal representation, and where a person may be only convicted by demonstrable evidence that is beyond reasonable doubt. Isn't that the kind of nation that you would wish to call your own? It is not true that the best of your beliefs states that you are that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Where has the love gone in Salem? The room was deathly quiet. Dad drew a deep breath. This future nation will be conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition of all men and women are created equal, and that all, regardless of their race, religion, or creed, have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
The world will little note or long remember what is said here today, but it will never forget those who died in Salem. We should rather resolve that those who died here did not die in vain, but that justice for the people and by the people shall not perish from the earth. Hey, wait a minute. This all sounded vaguely familiar. Didn't Dad just rip off Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln all in the same breath? He continued now, his voice swelling with emotion. So now, I ask you, men of Salem, ask not. Ask not what Salem can do for you. Ask what you can do for Salem. He stamped his foot and gave a broad gesture. You see, gentlemen of the jury, I have a dream. Dad was rifling on history, stealing the material from every great American statesman and orator he could remember. A dream where every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain laid low, every crooked place made straight, and where everyone shall be free at last, free at last. So now, in conclusion, I beg you to look within and ask yourselves if this is enough evidence here today to convict Maddie Tucker of witchcraft. Probably just as much as you have used to convict the others have who have already hanged. But mark my words, people of Salem, history will judge you harshly for the evils you've committed in this very room. Now is your chance to change the unholy past, to make history and begin anew. Let Maddie Tucker go free and she will return with me to Boston and you will never see either of us again. Way to go, Dad! Not too shabby for a guy wearing a horrendous-looking light blue suit and the most ridiculous powdered wig in the history of headgear. I was actually optimistic when the jury shuffled out to consider the evidence. My accusers all sat silently, and frankly, they looked worried to me. I tried to talk to my dad during the break, but he just put a finger to his lips and shook his head. Everyone in the audience was whispering and looking at us and occasionally pointing. I was starting to get really uncomfortable when the jury finally strode back in. None of them looked at me. The head guy handed the written verdict to the chief magistrate. The judge carefully opened it, read it, and looked straight at me, expressionless. He showed it to the other two judges, and there was a brief but fierce whispering match among them. Finally, the one in the middle stood slowly. We all rose with him. My heart was beating so loudly, I thought everyone could hear it. Dad held my hand, and I could see that his fingers crossed behind his back. The jury has spoken. Maddie Tucker is...